Hello. Today on the pod, we talk to my friend and former classmate, Andrew Shulman. Andrew adds another chapter to the Great Life 360 debate and talks about being a typical youngest child. I ask him if I'm too mean to Arya. He says probably not, but maybe. Please remember to subscribe and rate and leave a review. I actually can't see reviews from out of the country, so if you're leaving me a review from Canada, please also send it to me so I can see all the nice things you have to say about my interview skills and my soothing voice. Andrew, tell me something that your parents did wrong. I think what my parents did wrong is they raised me as the very typical youngest child. Uh, I had a lot of leniency growing up. There's a lot of benefits to it. I love being the youngest child. Uh, but like I grew up knowing that I was always just kind of like the least competent in the house. And my siblings made me very aware of that as well. And so as I got older, and my parents didn't really care that I was least competent because, you know, I had two older siblings to help out with, like, the tech issues or if they ever needed something done or whatever. My older siblings were always the go-to. And so I learned that, like, I am less capable of doing things than my siblings. And when you have a combination of what is expected of you and what you expect of yourself, that's kind of a how I grew up to think that I was always a little bit less capable of doing things that I, I think was, I think I was in reality very capable of doing. In my mind, the answer for you has always been just that, like, you are the youngest child, because we've had quite a few youngest children on this podcast. I think you're, like, you're the fourth. I've actually had mostly youngest children, but none of them are typical youngest, and you are, like, such a typical third and youngest child, which is why I was, I was so excited to talk to you about this. So we'll circle back around to the sibling dynamics a little bit later. But first, you actually, right after Emily's episode, right after you listened to it, you right away texted both of us with your thoughts about Life360, and you are on the opposite side of Emily. So please explain that to me. Oh yeah, 100%. Uh, Emily is all for Life360, which makes perfect sense to me. Um, so I think the app is extremely overbearing, you know, and this doesn't even apply to my life because my parents don't care about me, you know? Youngest <laughs> child. Right. They don't care really about my whereabouts. Like since I was little, they'd let me wander around the neighborhood with my friends, um, not knowing where I was, just like kind of knowing that it'll be fine. Um, and so it's not an issue for me, but I know kids don't have a trusting relationship with their parents like Emily does and the fact is like the app wasn't really made to target people who have that type of trusting relationship with their parents the app is for the kind of parent that wants that control over the child they want to see where their kid is at any given second and Emily says your parents have the right your parents have the right to know where you are every single second until you're 18 like first of all I don't think that's true but even if that was true, that's just, like, not good because boundaries are meant to be pushed by kids and they can't – you have to give them the freedom to do that. Otherwise, if kids feel like they're trapped, the second they get a, a moment of freedom, they're going to venture off to do something crazy, you know, and irresponsible. Yeah, I do think that parents do have the right to know where their children are at any given moment. But what you pointed out to me is that – the I mean, first of all, like the concept of the app is not like, oh, like let's support these parents who already have a very trusting relationship with their child. The the concept of the app is like, oh, this is a way that you can control your kid and outsmart them, which like is not true. There are a lot of invasive features. But also, knowing where your kid is twenty four seven is not something that was possible twenty years ago. Right. As technology has advanced the amount of control that parents are able to have over their children has advanced. And, like, that is what makes me uncomfortable with the app is that, like, I mean, this right away made me think of, you know, the Black Mirror episode where it's, like, the mom can, like, see through the girls. Yes. Okay. Archangel. Yes, that one. That wasn't my favorite episode, but it did make me think of this because, like, maybe, like, it's just the idea that we were all, like, oh, like, that's so, that's so inappropriate, that's so invasive, I think was, like, the reaction in general, but, like, 
yeah, it's like within the parents' right to do that. Um, children don't have like autonomy, but it's definitely, it's definitely inappropriate, and it definitely like it it creates the ability for a parent to do something they shouldn't be able to do. Yeah, yeah. I don't even. I mean, when it comes to parents having the rights to do it, like if we're talking legally, like maybe I guess I don't really know the law, but in terms of just I don't know morally and morally and just like for the benefit of the relationship and and the mental health of the both you know the parents and the child the teenager whatever uh i think it's just detrimental right and i do think that i i do think that i agree after i don't think that what emily was saying was wrong about her situation specifically but like after talking to you about it i do think that like the the idea that the app is able to exist it it shouldn't do that and i don't think that the point of parenting is you might disagree with me on this, but I, I don't think the point of parenting is, like, for your parent to, like, be your friend. I think that there are more important things first. But, you, like, you want that relationship to exist, and you don't want to, I don't think you want to ruin it by, like, having an insane amount of control over your child. Right, of course. And our parents had, you know, the opposite with their parents. Like, the, our grandparents knew nothing about our parents' whereabouts. Like, it's not, like, in once it gets to college it's game over you know like anything goes that was true in our parents when our parents were in college and that's true when when we're going to be in college so right it's more useful to yeah it's more useful to teach the the tools of like trust and responsibility than it is to try to micromanage and like insert those onto your child's life Exactly, and when you see, and you see it all the time in those situations where they're you know putting on their like you just said like when they're putting on their kids what they want when they're forcing upon their kids, you'll see every t- all the time kids grow up and they just go in the opposite direction, they rebel right and and oftentimes it can be dangerous if it comes to I don't know there's so many ways you know it, it like you see it happen with religion you happen you see it when like in families where they they never drink like they never expose any of the kids to alcohol like nothing like that like zero kids will have no idea how to interact with that right i completely agree with you i think alcohol is a good example um of like i think that ideally when you're a child like your parents home should be a, a safe place to experiment and i don't think that means your parents not like taking care of you and making sure you're safe i just think that you you should be getting experience that will prepare you for the real world. And if your parents block you from getting those experiences, you will not be prepared. Yeah. And as I get older, I see more often how um, that that thing right there, like exactly that, how it influences me. Because, you know, your parents, our parents are our role models. Um, and how we see them interact with religion, with you know, alcohol, with drugs, with relationships, like, that's how we, like, that is our perception of things, that's how we come to understand things, and that affects the way we interact with the world when all of a sudden our parents aren't there, so that's where there's a lot of room for either, like, good things or or bad. Oh, that's interesting. I've talked on this podcast before about realizing that your parent is a real person, and I think one difference between my parents is that my dad um, and, like, my uncle, his brother, and, like, my bubby, their mom, have always, always talked to, like, me and my cousins about, like, all the, all the wild things that my dad and uncle did when they were in high school, and they talked with us about, like, like, their past girlfriends, and, like, the, the parties they would throw when their parents went out of town, and my mom has just, like, never, she's never been someone who talked about those stories with us, and I think that because of that, a lot of us, and I think it's, for my cousins, it's the, it's the same way with their dad and their mom and we've all always felt like like our dads were like the person that we could go to with these things where our moms we because of this like role model you have to like kind of create the environment for your children that they'll experience in the real world we haven't felt like we could talk to our moms about those things because they don't share that they've had those experiences even though like obviously like they have right yeah absolutely Something. And it gets even more complicated when siblings come into it because my sister and my brother um, had that, saw that, interacted with that relationship, I don't know, whatever you call it. Um, they, they did that before me. So not only am I basing, like, not only am I maturing based on how I see my parents interact, but I'm maturing based on how 
my sister interprets they like you know interprets my parents whatever like uh, I don't know if interprets the right word but like how my sister views them and how my brother views them and how that makes them act and now that's two more people for me to model how I act off of so in a lot of ways like that's that's a huge benefit of being the youngest right that's an interesting youngest child perk because I've modeled my teenage experience off of my parents with like a limited amount of input from like my older cousins you know um but you have had like two siblings who are not that much they're each three years older than you two years older than you yeah two and a half three years okay yeah so two people who are not that much older than you who you can model your teenage experience off of as opposed to your parents who are a lot older than you which is really that that's a very interesting benefit that i never thought of yeah oh that's coming clutch so many times right and also just like having older siblings nearby I try to do that with O's just so he has an idea of, like, I I want him to be more prepared for all the things that I've experienced than I was. I think especially, honestly, like, less with, like, social life and more because we're very different and more with, like, the college application process. But we'll get back to that. Um, Something that you brought up to me that really connects to Life360 is that we learn through pushing boundaries. So I want you to tell me a little bit about that and then also your relationship with pushing boundaries and how that relates to your friends. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I, mean, I don't know how much I can necessarily share, you know, uh, if people will be listening to this, but yeah, I um, a lot of boundaries were pushed before me, so I had a lot of, I had an easier time with that, you know, under the influence of my brother and my, my, my sister. And my Wait, brother. quick question. Did that frustrate your siblings? Because that makes me so mad when my parents are okay with my brothers doing things that they would not have been okay with me doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's still there because my sister is constantly the first person to push a boundary. Right. And so then, like, it's now that my parents have been through it that one time, it's always easier for the next person. So, of course, like, it's extremely frustrating for my sister when they give her a ton of shit for something that she wants to do. And then, like, when it's my turn to come along and and do that same thing, it's super easy and I just get away with it. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. It makes me so upset. Yeah, I love that. So that's allowed me to um, get away with a lot and push a lot of boundaries. Um Maybe, you know, and in some cases further than I should, further than I should have, should have and, and I got in trouble for it too, probably, but, uh, yeah, growing up, I was always getting into trouble, like, really, I was such a troublemaker, honestly, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I used to get sent to the principal's office, the principal's office quite often. Really? I, I did yeah. not know that, I'm not surprised. Yeah, but you know what, I, I was a schmoozer, and I'm still a schmoozer, but like, yes, you one are. Time, yeah, one time I, um. I got sent to the principal's office, but, um, you know, there, there were these things at Akiva called Vito Tovo and like they had an equivalent, uh, what's, what are they, Hill Mensch cards? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same shtick. Um, like you do something good and you get a Mensch card. Right. Yeah. So, oh man, was I a schemer? I would like make messes and then like have the teacher see me clean it all up and I'd get a, men- you know, I'd get a, um, a Vito Tovo. And so one time I was sent to the principal's office, but that day I had gotten two Mito Tobo, which is like unheard of. So <laughs> you have to be like really good. You know, it's not just like any casual good deed. It's like you have to be, you know, especially good. So mm-hmm. I go into the principal's office and I'm like, oh, hey, um, so I was sent to your office, but I had these two Mito Tobo that I also got today. And the, he just says, all right, Shulman, get out of here. And that was, like, maybe fifth grade. <laughs> so I always, yeah, getting in trouble and then getting out of it has been a constant theme throughout my childhood. <laughs> I just never knew that that was possible. Like, I think as an oldest, like, I did not know that you could get out of trouble after getting in <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you brought up, a, I think this is a psychology term, learned helplessness. Can you explain how that applies to you and what it is? Sure, yeah, so it, it relates to you know, what we were talking about earlier. Um, the way I learned it, and sorry, shout out to Mr. Tiber, uh, the homie. The way I learned it was something like somebody doing an experiment using a rat and, in a box. And in the box, there's a button. And um, there's like a control. You know, the control is like the, 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 the rat in one box has a button that whenever 
it touches on the button, it releases food. So the rat learns to, whenever it wants food, hit the button. But in the other box, the button only releases food on like the fifth time that the rat would touch the button. So after like the fourth time, the rat just figures that like it's useless, he can't do anything about it, and just stops interacting with the button. You know, little does the rat know that one more interaction with the button and he'd get his food. But he's learned helplessness and he, I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of... Like stops make, hitting... Right, so how this applies to you is that because you... Because, I don't know how this works with the rat, but how this applies to you, I, I'm pretty sure, is that because you were the youngest, you you had things provided to you because, like, your parents and siblings kind of had been through what you were going through before, so you didn't you didn't have to be as active, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's one aspect of it. That's a huge aspect of it. Yeah, a lot of things were given to me, and I recognize that. Very grateful for that. Still appreciate it, and still taking advantage of it today, and <laughs> will continue to do so. Uh, you know, my parents doing my laundry for me. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, but do you know how to do it yourself? I mean, I can figure it out. It's not that complicated. Like, I've done it a couple times. You know? This is funny, because I have been doing my own laundry since I was probably nine ten years old and i won't let no anyone way. else do it but i want to do it it's I, I need to have the control i don't want anything else mixed in i know the right setting i don't want anyone else putting it in the dryer like some things can't go in the dryer i want to do it myself we've always done it since we were little wow i'm impressed that's a good skill to have yeah or like a lot of these things are like control for me like i also i mean i love to cook and like my dad taught me how to cook when i was little but like now like i don't want to eat food that like other people other than my dad cook for me like i don't know i'm just very I need to have a lot of control over those things, and I'm, like, not... I'm a very bad delegator, and even when it comes to, like, my mom doing my laundry, like, no, she can't do it. I have to do it. Right. Yeah, well, in a way, I'm controlling the people to get them to do what I want, but that's kind of inherent. Wow, it's It's pretty meta. Yeah, but it's not like, right, it's not like I'm doing much except for, you know, being the youngest. Right, but there's there's a huge perk here that is, like, you never had to ask what's next, and as an oldest child, I have felt unprepared for every situation I've ever been in pretty much where like even if you well have you felt prepared as you like have gotten older were you like did you do you feel prepared to go to college oh yeah a hundred percent but is it like prepared or you're like oh I'm ready to get out of the house because I feel ready to get out of the house oh both for sure I'm so ready to be out of the house I've been an only like quote-unquote like technically only child just like alone in the house for pretty much four years you know like right without you know if you're not including like the couple of visits that my siblings made up every couple months you know like um coming home for holidays or whatever but like beside that i've been an only child at home for four months for four years and i have spent so much time at my friend's house it's crazy like there were periods of time where you could say i was living at alex eisner's and danny's house daniel Iguiev. maybe i don't know if i should mention that but yeah no, go yeah, for yeah, it. No. Tell them to listen then. Yeah, I will. They will. They'll listen. Uh, so I, I try to get out of the house. I don't like the attention, too much attention for me. <laughs> right. Is. So you have not liked being the only person at home? No, I hate it. I hate it. I, that's how I feel like I would react this summer. Um, usually I'm gone for the longest every summer, and then like I'm gone the whole summer, but then my brothers are gone for like some portion of that like two months that I'm gone. Right. But this summer... I was home for about two weeks, just me, my parents, and Abishai, but Abishai, like, was, like, at camp every day, like, he was gone, um, and also, like, he can't, he's, like, he can't hang, um, but, (laughs) and I was, I was miserable, I was so bored, um, I hated being the only one at home, there was, like, no one for me to mess with, like, I, I just hated it so much, which is so funny, because my cousin, who is the youngest out of three, like, has loved being the only kid at home and gets so annoyed when her siblings come home from college because she loses the attention. But I hated it so much. Yeah, well, yeah, I loved having my siblings home. You know, and it's not like I would hang out with them every single day necessarily, but like just the fact that <laughs> my parents could yell at my sister or my brother for something, you know, not just me. Right. That 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 I enjoyed. Do you notice that? now that now that your siblings are adults you spend more time with them when they're home as opposed to when you all lived at home when you were all younger um i I don't know it's tough 
And then also the other level of that is do you think that since your siblings have been gone, you've gotten closer to your parents or noticed more similarities between you and your parents? Oh, interesting. So I am a lot like my parents for sure. I can identify characteristics that would um, that are very similar to both my mom and my dad. But I don't know if that's necessarily increased. Well, it's, it's hard to um, distinguish between me becoming more like my parents or like me becoming more like my parents or me hanging out with my siblings more these days. It's hard to right. distinguish if that's because of being at home with my parents more and then like missing my siblings and them coming home and me hanging out with them or if it's all just me getting older I, you know, I, I can hang now. I can talk now. I'm like a real human. Right. <laughs> um, as opposed to when I was little, when I was their source of amusement and like they were just my older siblings who I guess I was supposed to hang out with. So now I can really enjoy, <laughs> we can enjoy each other's presence and, you know, talk more. So I think it's just me getting older. I just, I've been able to, I've been getting closer with them. Do you think that you are similar to your parents? For sure. Okay. Tell me a little For bit more sure. about that. Yeah, my mom is super social. Like, that's for sure where I get my um, socialness. Socialness? Right. Sure. From. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with it. Yeah? Uh, for sure. yeah I don't know. I love... your, your ability to schmooze. Yes. Yes, my ability to schmooze. I love people. That's really from her uh, and her side. Like, the kind aspect, for sure. I mean, not to, like, hype myself up. Like, I try to be nice, you know? So that I definitely get for, for I'll, her. I'll do it. You're a very nice person. You're very oh, friendly. Thank you. Thank you. I try. And uh, that comes from her. And, and being able to talk with, like, anybody or trying at least to talk with everybody right. is definitely um, something I get from her and her side of the family. And from my dad, so my dad is also um, a schmoozer in, in, sort, in, in a way. He's not, like, the social guy, like, talking to everybody on the street or, like, you know, not like that, not in the same way, but he, he's funny, first of all, he's like a funny guy, he's a character, my dad, really, um, my friends all call him Sanford, and, <laughs> alright, I'll give, I'll, I'll tell you, um, a story I think is pretty definitive of, like, my dad, uh, so, like, on Shabbat, I sleep in, right, and, like, one Shabbat, or not even one Shabbat, but, like, this has happened several times, where I'll wake up late, and I'll hear, like, dribbling outside. I'm like, okay, so, like, my dad's, my dad is, like, shooting some hoops, I guess, maybe with my brother. Obviously, this happens a lot less often now, because my brother, um, you know, being in college, I guess this has happened a lot less in the past four years. Maybe it was a lot more frequent as a kid. But then I'll be like, okay, so somebody's playing basketball outside. Like, maybe it's my dad and my brother, or maybe it's my friends on my court, because I have, like, a painted key on my court. Uh, and then, of course, I go downstairs to realize that is my dad playing with my friends. Well, I'll come downstairs, and it turns out, like, Alex has been in my family room just chilling with my dad for an hour. I love that. That does. That sounds a lot like you. That sounds like something that you would do as an adult, is because you get along with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and it, he's, like, he, he's really a child. <laughs> Your dad is? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He eats, like, a ton of candy all the time. He's still playing basketball and swearing with my friend and trash talking. Uh, and I'm similar, I guess, in my in the type of humor. Yeah. Who do you think and, you'll be more like as an adult? I mean, probably my dad. I wonder this I all the time because when I was – my parents have always joked that I was born when I was 34 years old because that's how old my dad was when I was born. Um, and I, I've always been like the mini Bob and I've been like just like my dad and I I still am a lot like my dad. But as I get older, I notice more and more that the ways that I'm like my mom and I wonder if I'm just going to do like a like a full shift. I don't, I don't think so though. I think I'll stay more like my dad. Interesting. I can see that. I love your dad. Super interesting guy. He is. My dad, I, I will gladly say it, my dad is the most interesting and one of the smartest people I know. Wow, there's a spider in my room. Oh no, there's a spider. Quick pause. I gotta get the spider. I'm so sorry. I don't I don't do spiders. Okay, got it. Okay, wow, we can resume. <laughs> wow, my heart just started beating so quickly. Wow. <laughs> I, I was trying to stay calm and keep talking while the spider was there, but I had to get it. 
Okay, all this time at home has given me a lot of time to really um, delve into all the things I'm curious about and get into a lot of new passions and throw myself into some projects. So I want to hear what you're very curious about right now or what you're up to. Just tell me some things. Well, I'm interested in what you're doing since you just kind of hyped up there a little bit. Like, what do you got going on? Oh, okay. I mean, I'll go first. Well, the, the greatest project that I've been working on, I mean, obviously this podcast, which I started for school two years ago and then have brought back right. since I've been at home. Um, it's been really fun and like a lot of people that I don't, I mean, I've had a lot of my friends on the podcast, but also like people that I just like my friends listening to it have like, we talk about things we don't normally talk about, which is like really, really cool to do. Um, and I mean, the, the biggest project other than this has been, I started baking sourdough bread and Andrew, I don't know how much you know about the sourdough baking process. Are you like familiar with it? Okay, but it's not like normal bread. You have to use a starter. There's okay, so there's no. Have you made challah? Um, yeah. Okay, so like there's yeast in challah, and that's what makes it rise, right? Right. There's no yeast in sourdough bread. All that's in it is like this bacteria that's like a starter culture of like sourdough starter that you like cultivate by by feeding this like bacteria with flour and water every like once every twelve to twenty four hours for like a week until it's active, and then you mix that into the into your your bread and it like inoculates it with bacteria and it like rises on its own so like it's a three-day process to bake the bread once you have your starter that's been ready by feeding it for a week and a half so it takes a lot of work and it's like um you have to like weigh everything you like you can't use like normal measurements you have to weigh everything out very precisely and you have to be like very exact with it all and that's been a great project for me to just like really throw myself into is baking sourdough bread because it takes a lot of focus and a lot of precision, which has, like, felt good, especially since I haven't had school. Um, Fascinating. So that's that's one. I know that, like, um, we, were, we were going to record a couple days ago, but I was like, I can't. I have to make bread. <laughs> and that was, a, that was a 100% real excuse. I made the bread, and then I baked it yesterday morning. Um, Respect. So, so I've been doing that. Um, I don't know. I've gotten really into, like, a lot of my my like, previous interests. I don't know, I've been learning a lot about, um, like, medieval European monarchies. Sometimes I just like to look at, like, the, um, all the list of majors that, like, my college has and just be like, oh, what if I majored in anthropology? What if I minored in African dance? And just, like, imagine that. I don't know, those are some of my things. What have you been up to? Uh, I've been trying to work on myself, you know, as a whole. Things like, um, I've been running, I picked up running, Oh, I, I run too. I ran when I was little and I've gotten back into it. I love it. Do you like running? Love running. Do you run to music or to podcast? Probably to music. Well, interesting you say that. I stopped running. I lately have not been listening. I've lately just been running with no music, no podcast. Oh, wow. I respect that. I can't do that. Yeah, so I, I love running with music. I started at the beginning of the quarantine running with music. I love it. I will still do it. I'll get back to it. I'll probably do it like tomorrow if I want. I don't know. Um, but I almost feel like there's two reasons why I don't run with music or, or podcast or anything. And, um, I got to give credit to David Goggins. Have you heard of him? No. Yeah. Crazy dude. Known as the hardest man alive. Just like he was morbidly obese and then he lost all the weight and became a super marathon runner, then joined the Navy SEALs and did Hell Week twice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a man self-masochist like he enjoys pain he just does like the suckiest things all the time and like breaks records for them yeah uh so he's really tough and he talks about how like if you're uh, training for endurance like not to use music because you got to be able to get into a mindset where where nothing's gonna stop you and you have nothing to distract you that does make a lot of sense yeah and that's one thing so Lately, I've been, like, trying to um, increase my distance and go a little bit faster. So when I'm doing that and training for endurance, I don't listen to it. I don't listen to music. The second reason is people probably talk about this, um, but running, like, very few things in life um, can really, if you let it, bring you in. Like, a lot of things that we indulge in bring, our, bring us out, you know, like distract us like out outwardly like tv yeah. whatever a lot of people watch tv for a long time for like long times you know that brings out video games for sure i love video games it, like takes me out of it um 
what else? But like certain drugs have been known to like make you, you know, bring you in. It's like an introspective thing. Like alcohol, yes. not at all introspective. Completely right, high. right, yeah. So running, in a way, and people talk about like the runner's high, and I think that's what they're talking about, um, is like this point where you, you get past the pain in your legs and that tightness in your chest, and you can like hear the birds chirping or the cars like moving past you, and you just like zone in, and it's you and your thoughts. Right, and something kind of, kind of wild. It, it completely is, and something that I wanted to work on about myself, like for the past year, something I've noticed has been getting worse, is that like. I've never been good at, like, sitting with my thoughts. Um, I, I just, I have a brain that, like, spirals very quickly. So, like, that's just not, like, I've never been a meditator. It's just, it's never been something that was, like, comfortable for me, and I don't have a problem with that. But I did notice this year that, like, I was getting much worse at, like, being in a quiet space. I was, like, I've been, like, listening to a lot more music or podcasts when I'm, like, cooking. I, I don't focus on what I'm cooking. I focus on something else. And I have wanted to get better at focusing less on productivity and also focusing not always needing distractions. And honestly, like over the past, like what, like six, seven weeks, like I've completely let go of that. I think it is at this point, I think it is fine to want to distract myself constantly. And honestly, that's what I've been doing because I'm constantly distracting myself. That's interesting. Um, you said something there that like rang totally true to me about you. Uh, and I think that you already have the productivity down, you know, um, like you said earlier, you like to have the control and I think you've harnessed that control in a lot of productive ways. Um, that makes sense to me. That's how I've always viewed you as a productive person. I don't know if you, maybe you, maybe you disagree. I don't know. No, I agree. I mean, I like to, I like to do things and even if it, even if I'm not actually like having an output, I like to feel like I'm doing something. See, I, uh, I only recently kind of developed that. And that makes sense being the youngest because that's, that's part of the learned helplessness. You know, like things being done for me, but also like thinking that like things shouldn't be done by me. So I'm pretty disorganized and never been one to take initiative. And, and through most of my life thus far, I've had like, there's this joke in my family that I start like way more projects that I finish. We learned in AP Psych about this guy, Erickson, and his uh, psychological stages um, of development. And this was in our developmental unit. You know, it was crazy learning about like how we develop because a lot of these things are so relevant to us. And so I'm looking at this chart and it has these ages. So how Erickson's stages work is there's a conflict at like every stage of life. It's called between the ages of six to 11, there's a conflict, uh, it's called industry versus inferiority. The questions are like, am I capable of doing something or not? And like, that's really when you learn it. And that six to 11 years old, like my siblings were both home at the time, you know, uh, and I was the most incompetent. So during that period, I think it was very clear to me that like in a lot of ways, I am not competent. And I hated reading, and I gave up on piano. <laughs> That's so interesting. So you really absorbed that you were incompetent when you were younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my siblings probably laugh if they heard this, because you know, my sister would always make jokes, like, why do you have to be such an incompetent human being? I say that to Abby, to, not to Abby Chase. <laughs> I would never say that to Abby Chase. I say that to Ari all the time. Ah, so all the time. So maybe don't say it. We, then, we know, say me and O's go, Ari, we, we go, Ari, why are you like this? Why are you so bad at everything you try? <laughs> <laughs> we say but that I, all I, the time. I, I, I are we creating an Andrew? You might be. I'm, like, I think it's, you can't, like, I can't blame my siblings. I'm not mad at them. Like, it's pure, it's like very basic sibling, not sibling rivalry, sibling bullying. Like, that's that's the dynamic. Like, I, I've accepted that. And so, not mad at them. But, like, I genuinely think that if my parents and my siblings knew what they were doing and did something differently, I would be a much more productive person. I would be, like, so far ahead of where I am now. That's so interesting. I do feel like in the past, maybe like, I don't know, I, I can't give you exact dates, but like in the past year and a half, you have, I feel like you've grown up a lot. You, you've taken, you've gotten a lot better at taking initiative um, and finishing your projects that you started. And 
I think that it's interesting that like you describe that as like changing where like something that I've I've always been um, a procrastinator and something that I've really learned from the past year is that like procrastination isn't something that you can get rid of it's a part of who you are that you learn how to harness and and work around and work with and I wonder if you feel like like all your like youngest child traits are more something that you have learned to work with as opposed to get rid of yeah for sure I'm still learning absolutely yeah (laughs) they're all there they're they're all there Right, you know, right, the, yeah. The feeling of incompetency, the procrastination, the disorganizations. Yeah, it's also there. But definitely, as you said, more harnessed. Yeah. Okay, so can you just give us, like, a brief breakdown of just tell us about, like, each of your siblings and, like, what they're like a little and, like, your roles, uh, just quickly. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my sister, she's the oldest. Um, and as the oldest and as the girl, she was the most cautious, the more, probably the most rule-following, you know, I'm definitely the most rule-following. Uh, and, and she, we all have our own ways of like uh, that we go about life. And the way I see it is, she's extremely, extremely intelligent. Like she, so she's in med school. She's a first year med student, and like I just see her studying. I hear her studying for hours, and hours, and hours. And I think of uh, Malcolm Gladwell's ten thousand hour rule about if you do anything for ten thousand hours, you master it. And I just think about the countless hours, unimaginable like that she's been studying and she's just she's controls the skill of studying so you can put anything in front of her and she'll learn it and so that's that's incredible that's incredible to me i can't do that i'm so far from from that um and so her thing her way of about life essentially i think is pure grind honestly like just studying knowledge she's smart and that's how she's gonna be successful i think um my brother now my brother learn from my sister in a way you know he saw the way that she interacted with my parents what she got in trouble for uh and how to avoid it so he's very sneaky you know he's just he schemes he's the best schemer i know and that's not necessarily like that's a good thing you know it's just like working smart right yeah exactly and he's very and it makes sense that he's extremely business oriented and graduated from ross um just last week we had we saw the virtual commencement which was very nice, and he's going into business. It makes sense. He, he schemes. That's how he does things. And then me, so as the third, I never had to really scheme because my parents didn't really care. So I'm a little bit less schemy, and I um, didn't, because I don't really have to follow all the rules and because I'm not so by the book, I'm also not, like, the most, like, not, in my, not of the same nature that my sister is, like... You know, I think by the book is a good way to put it. Right, yeah. I think that on on the scheme thing, something I've noticed with you is that um, I think I think that when it comes to when you have an, an issue with an adult that you want to talk about, I think that you are much more inclined to just to just directly address the issue, which I think can be a good thing. Where like I am much more cautious. How, how can we scheme our way through this? Which I think is definitely. Not definitely. I think probably has something to do with me being an oldest and you being the youngest. Is you just think like, oh yeah, like I'll just talk to them about this. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I also, I mean, I, I like to think that I, I scheme more than a lot of people because, but that's I think that's probably just because of my brother. Like that's my brother's had such a huge influence on me in so many ways that that's I probably picked up on that from him. Right. I'm so interested in your family dynamic because we also like you have you guys are the girl who's the oldest and then two younger boys and then we also have Avishai but like I'm the oldest girl and I have two younger brothers and Avishai doesn't really factor into this too much um because the age difference is so big but then like I'm two years older than O's and then O's and Arya are three years apart so it's like a similar age gap so a lot of these a lot of these um similarities sound a lot like what my family could end up like just like you know, kind of, like, very far into the future because you and I are the same age and you're the youngest, I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I kind of had a revelation when I was talking to you about this, like, weeks ago. Um, and I don't remember who came up with this name, but the, the sibling attention economy, was that was that you or me who came up with that? Probably, yeah. I don't know, it doesn't matter. It was probably, yeah, I'll take credit for it. It was me. Okay, so I'll just, like, explain this and we'll talk about how it applies to my family and your family. So the oldest demands attention. Um, right. 
is she kind of has this expectation that like when they walk into a room I I want it to be about me like I don't at family dinners like I'm not like oh like let's talk about oh it's like no like let's talk about me um and then the youngest naturally gets more attention because it's more available as they get older like you just your parents had more attention to give to you because your siblings were gone or didn't want it as much and then the middle the middle child is used to not having attention and knows how to use it to their advantage they know how to become become the child that they want to be a lot of that is a lot of that is scheming and um that that makes so 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 much sense for O's. it's like I have a, I have a way of of um even when I know it's a bad idea making a conversation about me where like O's knows how to not do that I I have a tendency to self-sabotage in this way because I'm just so tempted to make things about me um does, does this sound like your family yeah um and then something something else that came up is the secret life of the middle child i'll give a brief yes. recap so i have gone to school with o's for the past two years and it has been like it has blown my mind to see him as like a real person like i did not think he had friends i did not think he knew how to talk i've always had this idea that o's is like incompetent and doesn't know how to put a sentence together which i've learned is not true but like he doesn't really talk about his friends with us a lot. He doesn't make a big deal out of having friends over. And when I got to high school, I think especially like his freshman year, whenever I saw him talking to someone, I'd be like, who is that? And he'd be like, that's like one of my friends. And I'd be like, what in the world? Like, since when do you have this many friends? What is going on? And then this past year, he's been in, he's been in a class with a couple of my friends. He's in he was in the same minion with you and then with me for the whole year. Whenever I saw him talking to my friends, I was like, who are you? Like, why do you think you can do this? I had no idea he was a real person. Did your brother do this? Uh, well, I mean, it's harder to say from my perspective as the youngest, but uh, I can definitely I can definitely attest to him like living a secret life in a way um, just, just because I, I saw that like my parents made comments to my sister about certain things and obviously my brother learned about those things and like learned how to avoid those conversations with my parents you know that those like like not to mention them specifically but like a lot of very typical high school things right yeah and so in that way he he learned to have that secret life you know at one point um so last year he studied abroad in hong kong for a semester and it was a huge controversy in my family because my, uh, he didn't tell my parents that he had put Hong Kong at his like number one on study abroad that he applied for. They thought it was Spain. I don't mm-hmm. know if I should be sharing. I don't know if I should be sharing this, but I think it's fine. Um, and so they they were all like really anticipating that he'd go to Spain because like there's a lot of room in the program and it was likely that he was going to get in. So the like the expectations were he was going to be studying abroad in Spain. Uh, and then, like, boom, he got into this program that he wasn't sure whether or not he was going to get into. It's like, all right, like, I got to go to Hong Kong. And they were like, yeah, what? You're going out, right? So that, like, that just shows, like, the, you know, little skeeviness. Right, where I would never be able to, like, shut up about, like, all the things I applied for. And I would I would make it a huge thing. Sure, yeah. And, well, and my sister, and that make, you know, that you can relate that to my sister uh, picking medical schools. Uh, like, it was big for her to go to new york they didn't really want her to they they were really more encouraging for her to go to um, michigan state and it was just a huge a huge deal when she decided that she did want to go to to new york for medical school uh-huh that's yeah that's that's so interesting wow sibling attention economies i think about this all the time i like can't explain it enough like or like a, a recent example is o's um i was very involved in usy and like re- i was on regional board last year and O's this year, he was just elected to the same position that I had two years ago, which is crazy because he like never talked to me about USY. He like didn't, he didn't want to be associated with me. He like didn't want to, it was my thing, not his thing. And now he has the same position that I have, like has all my pass downs. And like, it's so, so strange. Like I had no idea that like he was, I had no idea that he was like capable of like doing that. It's wild. He's, he's a good person though. Um, yeah. Middle children. They're weird. Um, yeah. something, something else that you brought up is that you're, you're like the last to know about everything. Do you think that's a part of who you are as a person? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was, I was about to say like, oh man, it's so wild. I'm actually, like it's, 
it's hard to explain how um, crazy this concept is to me. Yeah, I'm the last to know everything. On a very surface level, that means um, travel plans, um, even even as simple as like where we're going for dinner or like whether we're going out for dinner or you know plans of family. Right. But yeah. on a much deeper level, when it comes to family controversy or like something crazy happened, I don't know. I'm always the, I'm always the last to know. Um, and you know that makes sense. Also, being the youngest, like you're not, but like you're not sure whether you want Polly, this kid. Do you think know. that you're the most easygoing of all your siblings? Oh, for sure. For sure. That's my thing. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's my way. That's a part of my, the way about which I go, the way of which I go about life. I don't know how to say that, but um, yeah, I'm just, I'm chill and I'm likable and I, I am persuasive. I have a persuasive personality. So if I can, like a persuasive personality is one thing when you couple that with somebody who who is like ambitious about something and then is really trying to convince you like it's very powerful right that's funny wow my parents could never choose a restaurant they can't just tell me where we're going to dinner oh, no, i'm a part of that i'm a part of that decision you would tell my brothers where we're going to dinner i need to be involved to explain that like my philosophy in terms of picking dinner it'd, it'd be very like they they would want me they would want to go where i want to go is like I would get them to want oh, to go around. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's, I, that's good. I yeah, I wouldn't convince them to go to this place, and I wouldn't be really sneaky to get them to go to this place, but I would get them to want to go where I want to go. Right, but and, you you work well in a group project. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll both, I've learned to both do what people need like me to do, as well as... It, it's exactly... We've, we've, you know, we've covered... We've, like, we've talked about both sides of it. Like, I can both get done what someone needs me to do and without complaints as well as like I can have them be on my side like being them with them on my side I can get the best scenario for myself in whatever group project it is like whatever I have to do you know right yeah yeah what's what's wild for me and it's actually I'm having the craziest time talking to you because I'm thinking about like as if I was talking to my sister but like when I was little, like so I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about myself from from Avishai's position. Oh wow, or that's Ari, so or yeah, Avishai's something well, else. Well, right, but just like in the in the in, in the way that like I am not, I was not yet a like functioning person or to see or cognitive of anything going on around going on around me. But there was a lot going on around me all the time. Right, you've made me think that maybe now I should stop. I mean, I think the damage is done. Arga is about to turn 13. <laughs> but um, maybe maybe I should stop. Sometimes I'll look at O's and I'll be like, have we messed him up too much? Um, but maybe I should stop telling him, Arya, why are you so bad at everything? <laughs> we, say yeah, that, we say that all the time. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's all... All theory. Like, who am I to say that that's how things work? You know. But right. Yeah. Tell I'm... tell me it's okay to keep saying it, Andrew. Please tell me I'm doing fine. <laughs> I can't tell you that. If, if but, you could uh, give a piece of advice, wait. Uh, say what you were gonna say, and then we'll come back. Well, to I that. was gonna bring up the family videos. Oh, okay. Okay. Do that, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. So it's 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 wild. We were watching family videos the other night, you know, and I'm seeing that like. There was a thing here, like there, there was an establishment here of uh, this family, these relationship people, people maturing, people experiencing things in their life before I existed. And I started to see how that manifested into my relationships with my siblings today. Me always being told last, me, you know, me always finding out last, uh, my, my siblings like making fun of me as a little kid. Um, and now, like, I'm, I'm extremely close with both my siblings, um, extremely close. But it's interesting to see that my brother honestly has, I think, a pretty – I guess we all have individual relationships to each other. It's all different, I guess. But the way that my brother interacts with my sister, I can imagine him interacting with her before I was born. And the way he interacts with me is – it shows that, like – when my sister was older, like not because she was older, she had her own friends who were doing her own thing, and my brother had me. So I can see the my brother can go both ways. 
Right, that yeah. Right, that's, I mean, that's the thing about, that's like O's too. It's like, um, for, for a very long time, I mean, in my mind, like, O's and I are like a team against Arya because we go to school together, so we just like have a lot of the same things to talk about, um, in mm-hmm. in high school, but O's and Arya have their own floor of the house. They're both like in the basement, and like they have their own like TV living room setup, like they don't really leave the basement. So they also like have their thing, so like, goes both ways, but I wonder... I wonder what, what it'll be like for um for Abishai to look at like thirteen year fourteen years of family photos that like don't have him, you know? Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Which is funny. I cannot imagine my life without him now. I I would be so bored. Like, what would I do without him? I hear him yeah. having a temper tantrum downstairs right now. But um, <laughs> what would I do without him? Wow. Yeah. That's wild. It is. Boy, boy him up. Really, boy, boy that kid up. <laughs> he's, he's such a princess, he gets everything done for him. Andrew, if you could give one piece of advice to your teenage self, what would it be? I'd say to optimize. Optimize on um, my greatest aspects, on, on, the greatest, on my greatest features, and learn to control my flaws more. Because I, I think more recently in just the more recent years i've been taking more responsibility and even in the past few months honestly i think i could probably isolate it to like yeah maybe past year or two i've been taking a lot more responsibility and um over myself and i think that's been helping me a lot i think that's what i wish i had done earlier thank you so much for coming on the podcast do you have any like any recommendations tell us your favorite pasta shape uh, pasta shape yeah do you have a favorite pasta shape um, or are you like I'm like very anti spaghetti and like long shapes like are you like are you pro spaghetti or anti spaghetti? <laughs> I'm pro spaghetti. Oh no, okay, I, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> this is it, Andrew. Well, final so straw. What can you do? I know, D- you know, different strokes for different folks. Everyone has their own pasta shape. I'm Maya Gamer. Thank you for listening to everything my parents ever did wrong. New episodes come out about once a week, usually towards the middle of the week or the end of the week. Check to see if you are subscribed, leave a review, give us a five-star rating, and follow me on Instagram. Thank you for listening.